In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. And as always, it's great to be with all of you. We always begin our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary is the Mother of God. Mary is the Mother of the Church. Mary is the Mother of each and every one of us. Also, we pray the... Hail Holy Queen, we invoke Mary as our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's turn to Mary and ask her to pray with us, as well as to pray for us. As we start a new day with intention to praise God, to sanctify ourselves and to be a means of sanctification of many souls that God places in our path. So let's pray the prayer, that prayer that um, Mary loves most, and that prayer is, of course, the Hail Mary. Together, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And blessed is the fruit of thy Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now, my friends in Christ, let's turn to our spiritual director and our spiritual director is the Holy Spirit. What a blessing it is to have the Holy Spirit as our director and guide. The Holy Spirit has many wonderful titles. The Holy Spirit is known as the paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known as the gift of gifts. The Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of our souls, taken from the sequence on Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is also known as our counselor. He will give us good advice if we rely upon his assistance. Holy Spirit is also known as our consoler. We all pass through times of desolation in our lives. That's part and parcel of the human plight that we're all involved in. But the Holy Spirit can obtain for us consolation when we're going through different moments of desolation. The Holy Spirit is also known as our sanctifier. There is the universal call to holiness. Be holy as your Heavenly Father is holy. 
Be holy as your Heavenly Father is holy. And also the Holy Spirit is our interior master. We don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans. Ineffable groans so that we can cry out, Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to give us a lot of light and the fire of divine love to burn within the depths of our hearts. As we say, Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. Saint Gabriel, pray for us. Saint Raphael, pray for us. Saint Jerome Emiliani, pray for us. Saint Josephine Bakita, pray for us. Saint Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. Saint Francis Xavier, pray for us. Saint Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, Pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. It's true, my friends, the family that prays together stays together. So we always start off by praying together as a family. We pray to Mary. We pray to the Holy Spirit. We pray to the angels. 
we pray to the saints, we pray to the saint of the day. And then as a means of encouragement, I will pray for all of you and I'll place all of you on the altar in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. And of course, there's no greater prayer in the world than the holy sacrifice of the Mass. So I'd like to place all of you right now on the, on the altar in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. That God would bless all of you most abundantly. Most abundantly. My intentions will be, first of all, Pray that all of us, that all of us will make a sincere effort to be open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit, knowing that our sanctification depends on the sanctifier. The sanctifier is the Holy Spirit. We are called to become saints and the Holy Spirit can help us to arrive at that goal of becoming the saint that God has called all of us to become. Well-known writer said this, that the biggest tragedy in our lives is not to become the saint that God has called us to be. My next intention, I'd like to pray for all of us, for our families, especially family members that have have walked away from God. That's right, our family members who have purposely walked away from God. Purposely walked away from God. that they will return and be open to receiving the loving embrace that we see in the parable of the prodigal son or the merciful father. God's graces are, are so very abundant. And finally, And finally, I'd like to pray, my friends, for all of those who who will be dying within the next 24 hours. Especially, I'd like to pray for, um, there's an elderly Filipino woman who's very sick now. Her name is Delphina. who's the mother of Nick, the mother-in-law of Kaina. Her health is very, very delicate, and the Lord could call her even sometime today. So let's, uh, I'd like to pray for her, and I'd like to place her on the altar that uh, she would have a holy and happy death. I invite you to, to pray for the, uh, the dying, especially this uh, elderly woman. 
and her son and her relatives. You can never really go wrong in praying for the praying for those who are dying. It's a very critical moment. Very critical moment. So, um, what I sometimes do in our conversation before entering into the Word of God, and the Word of God is very rich, we've arrived at the second chapter of Genesis, where God uh, calls man to work. And this chapter also, God offers all the beauty of creation. But also God makes one prohibition, not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, lest he die. The responsorial psalm is Psalm 104, and the antiphon is, Oh, bless the Lord, my soul. Let's get in the habit of praising and blessing the Lord in our lives, by our words, but also by our Our, our 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 words as well as our example. Then Jesus rebukes and corrects the Pharisees who focus basically on the exterior, the facade. And Jesus will point out that uh, real evil issues from the heart. where there are evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, blasphemy, arrogance, folly, all these come from within. And these are what defile the person. Because the Pharisees were condemning Jesus because he didn't wash his hands before he would eat. Jesus is pointing out that the exterior washing of the hands is not a sin, but these other things that issue from the heart unchastity, theft, murder, arrogance, folly. Those defile the man. So I'd like to do, before entering, also explaining you also a a modern saint that was canonized by John Paul II. Her name is um, Josephine Bakita. Very interesting saint. Saint Josephine Bakita. But I'd like to just give you a brief catechetical lesson. In the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which uh, Father Mike Schmitz is going through the whole year, I'm following it. What he's done over the past week, and I'll give a very succinct summary, is he's explaining from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, he's explaining the greatest mystery of the Catholic Church. And that greatest mystery is the mystery of the Blessed Trinity. 
So I'm just going to explain that very briefly, then we can move into our other topics. So my friends, of all the mysteries of our Catholic faith, the mystery of the Blessed Trinity is the most profound mystery. And when we say mystery, it doesn't mean that a mystery is going to contradict reason, but a mystery will transcend reason. I repeat, that uh, a mystery will not contradict reason, but rather it transcends reason. None of us would have come to the awareness of God in his mystery of the Trinity just by reflecting and using our own reason. But rather Christ had to reveal this to us. We see various traces of the Trinity. The last words of Jesus before he sends into heaven is, he says, go out to all world. Go out to all the world. Teach them all that I taught you. Then baptize them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I will be with you always, even until the end of time. So what is this mystery? What is this mystery of the Blessed Trinity? The mystery of the Blessed Trinity is we believe in one God and three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father is God, the Son is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. The Father is the first person of the Blessed Trinity, the Son is the second person of Blessed Trinity, and the Holy Spirit is the third person of Blessed Trinity. The Father generates the Son perpetually. So the, fa- the Son proceeds from the Father. We call this filioque. The Son is a reflection of the Father. The Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Father. And the mutual love, the mutual love between the Father and the Son is the Holy Spirit. There you have it. The mutual bond of love between the Father and the Son is the Holy Spirit. There we have the Trinity. The Father is is attributed to the Father. He's the creator and he's got power. The Son is the redeemer known for his wisdom. The Holy Spirit is the bond of love between the Father and the Son. He's He's the sanctifier.
one occasion, St. Augustine was uh, walking on the seashore. He saw this little child was running into the waves and filling his pail full of water then splashing it on the ground. And this little boy was going back and forth with his little pail, filling it with water and splashing it on the ground. Augustine said, what are you doing? And the little boy said, I'm trying to empty the ocean with my little pail. Augustine said, that's impossible. The little boy who was really an angel said, it's much easier for me to empty the ocean with my little pail than for you to comprehend perfectly <clears throat> what is the Blessed Trinity. So we're never really going to plumb the depths of the reality of the Trinity, but we have to try. For that reason, the great doctor of the church, St. Anselm, in his Proslogion, says that faith seeks understanding. So we have to try to arrive at these sublime mysteries by means of analogies. One of the best analogies is by looking at a three-leaf clover. If you look at a three-leaf clover, it's one clover, but there are three different leaves on it. So we believe, my friends, in one God, but three separate persons. The Father is the first person of the Trinity, the Son is the second person of the Trinity, and the Holy Spirit is the third person, the third person of the Blessed Trinity. And that Trinity enters within us in the very day of our baptism. Finally, we call to mind the reality of the Blessed Trinity every time we make the sign of the cross. So you might even make the sign of the cross with me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Every time you make the sign of the cross, you call to mind the reality that Christ died for us on the cross. No greater love than to die for the loved ones. But also we're calling to mind the great mystery of the Blessed Trinity. Once again, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're calling to mind the Trinity. We should also be calling to mind that through baptism we become living temples of the Blessed Trinity. Blessed Elizabeth of the Trinity, a Carmelite, expounded a lot upon this in her writings. And that's part of the Carmelite spirituality is the indwelling of the Blessed Trinity within our souls through grace. So my friends, today we celebrate two saints, Saint Jerome Emiliani, 
was instrumental in helping orphans in Italy and also setting up schools for poor children. This was about 500 years ago in Italy. So let's turn to St. Jerome Emiliani and pray for our modern school system. There's no doubt about it that education is definitely in crisis. None of us. None of us can deny the, deny the fact that education is definitely in crisis. So let's, when we have educators like John Bosco, Thomas Aquinas, St. Jerome Emiliani, St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, we want to pray. Pray for a real conversion of our educational system. That teachers would be filled with the love of God and the spirit of truth and a love for the eternal salvation of their students. Let's pray to St. Jerome Emiliani for that grace. There's another saint that we celebrate today. And this is a modern saint was actually canonized in the year 2000 by John Paul II. The name of this saint is Saint Josephine Bakita. Saint Josephine Bakita. Just for your information, Just for your information, there's a really good movie or DVD that came up possibly about 20 years ago, and it's the name of it is Bakita. So I invite you, if you haven't already seen the DVD of Josephine Bakita, to see it. To see it. She was born in the eight, late 1800s and died in 1947. Her name that was given her was Bakita. And Bakita actually means, translated, lucky. <laughs> lucky. She's born to a prominent, well-loved family from Sudan, Africa. She was Sudanese. And you'll see what happens to her in the movie. And you can even read read her life story. But she was kidnapped. That's right. She was kidnapped. And she was sent from one slave over one slave owner to the next. So for quite a few years. She was being traded from one slave over to the next. And she was mistreated 
she was humiliated. She was beaten. I saw this movie probably 20 years ago, and I don't remember the details, but I remember one scene. They showed her back, and she was branded. You know, it, it made me think about a waffle gridiron. Maybe have you ever made waffles on a gridiron? Remember, my mom would make something, make us waffles on the weekend. So there's like twenty-five little squares that were on her back because she was branded like cattle. Now the extraordinary thing about this woman is that even though she was treated brutally, she was treated treated mercilessly. And she has basically no religion. Not until later on. She never harbors any anger or resentment against any of these slave owners. Which I think, I, I, I find this to be extraordinary because not only is she not a Christian, but she's basically a pagan. But God is infused in her special graces of mercy. So eventually she's going to end up in Italy. And she's basically... She's uh, bought by a, an Italian slave owner. And she's given her, her freedom. What happens is... She enters into these convent of nuns known as the Sisters of Charity or the Kenoshan, the Kenoshan Sisters. And she goes to church with them. By going to church uh, with them, she starts to become more and more interested in Catholicism. Catholicism. And then she's baptized. So she becomes a Catholic Christian. She receives her baptism, her first communion, her confirmation. But she's still... She's still associated with the Kenoshan sisters. Kind of make a long story short, and she's a black woman in a basically white society. St. Josephine, Bakita, asked if she be, she can become a religious nun. Even despite her background, her suffering, and she's accepted. So she becomes a religious nun in the 
Sisters of Charity, known as the Kenoshan Sisters. And she carry out many different works, humble works. But the nuns recognize that this sister who obviously had to learn Italian because that's the language where where she was uh, working in Italy, she's given the grace of being able to really speak well. And what she's going to end up by doing is she's going to be going and raising funds for the religious in the Kenoshan order. So she's a very good speaker, but she radiates love and joy and kindness. The end of her life, the end of her life, she suffered very much See, in the lives of the saints, a great love for God, but but a great suffering too. So she served in humble ways and spent her last years in a wheelchair. And I'd like to quote one of her one of her sayings. Let's hopefully we'll get to know the saints. The saints are great. The saints are our models. She would be canonized by Pope John Paul II in the year 2000. This is what she said. The whole of my life has been God's gift. Men, his instruments, thanks to them for providing me the gift of faith. So she died in 1947 and was canonized year 2000. I'd like to make one more comment in her life. As mentioned earlier, when she's just being traded from one slave owner to another in Sudan, she was beaten. She was humiliated. She was tortured. As I mentioned, her back was actually branded the way they would brand cattle. She never allowed anger, bitterness, and resentment to take control of her life. I repeat, she never allowed anger, bitterness, and resentment to take control of her life. 
on Sunday, <coughs> we're reading from the prophet Isaiah. And prophet Isaiah spoke about a way in which we can heal our wounds. <coughs> That's right. A way in which we can heal our wounds. And I think that this was uh, something that this great saint practiced, even though she really never allowed those people who wounded her physically to wound her spiritually. God protected her. But the prophet Isaiah says, Feed the hungry. Give drink to the thirsty. Clothe the naked. Give lodging to the homeless. And your lives will, be, will become like the sun that breaks forth at dawn. And then Isaiah says, and your wounds will be healed. We're all wounded people. Paquita was, was wounded physically, but she did not allow it to, to damage her morally, psychologically, and spiritually. When I was in Chile, there was a Jesuit priest whose name was <coughs> Father Aldunate, who worked with a lot of wounded people. We're all wounded. But he had a three-step program to work on the healing of people. To work on the healing of people. His three-step program was to first encourage them to make a general confession. That's right. First, to make a general confession of their sins. Very appropriate. I've been given the spiritual exercises program, my program, for 18 years. We just started a new program this Monday and Sunday with a lot of people showing up. People will tell me frequently that the exercises transform their lives. And maybe it's in your case also, how the exercises transform lives. And one of the key moments in these spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius is having the opportunity having the opportunity having the opportunity to make a general confession 
it will transform your life. In sacramental theology, they speak about this specific sacramental grace that comes from every sacrament. For example, holy matrimony gives you the grace to be faithful to your spouse in good times and bad, in health and sickness, in riches and poverty, until death do you part. It also allows you to have children, to raise the children in the fear of the Lord and love of God. The Blessed Eucharist, the Most Holy Eucharist, gives nourishment. What food is to the body, so the Eucharist is to the soul. The Eucharist nourishes our soul. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Whoever eats my body and drinks my blood will have everlasting life, and I'll raise him up on the last day. But then, talking about healing, talking about healing, there are two sacraments of healing. And those sacraments are the sacrament of confession and the anointing of the sick. That's why there are two sacraments of healing. The sacrament of confession and the anointing of the sick. So, we go to the doctor when we have an ailment. We go to Jesus, who is the divine physician, to a confession to heal our spiritual wounds. So, Father Aldenat insisted for the healing of the wounded person, come to Christ. Christ is the wounded healer. Christ is the wounded healer. The prophet Isaiah says, he was led like a sheep to the slaughterer. And he was wounded for our offenses. But by his wounds, we are healed. St. Peter will quote that passage of Isaiah. One of the most famous writers, spiritual writers, last century, was a man whose name was Father Henri Nguyen, who taught at Harvard. He worked with L'Arche, with the handicapped people. And one of the central messages one of the central messages of Father Henri Nguyen was that of our woundedness. Highlighting the fact that all of us are wounded because of original sin, personal sin, and people that hurt us. 
But he went on to say, either we will be Either we will be a wounded wounder or we will be a wounded healer. Either one or the other. Either we will be a wounded wounder or we will be a wounded healer. Now, follow me now. Either we'll be a wounded wounder or we'll be a wounded healer. If we do not allow God to heal our wounds, then we will end up by wounding many people. How many people are chismosos? They're critical. They're caustic. They're angry. They're bitter. They're loud. Many people. Many people. Many people. These are bitter and angry people. These are bitter and angry people because they have wounds and they have not brought these wounds to Christ. But if we go to Christ, who is known as the wounded healer, then he will heal our wounds. And we will be that we will be that we will be wounded healers. in a wounded world. That we will be wounded healers. Either we are we're going to be wounded wounders or we'll be wounded healers in a broken world. So if we can if we can go to Christ if we can go to Christ we can go to Christ and give him our wounds, then he will heal us. So Father Aldonati says, the first step of healing is to go to Christ, the Christ who is the divine physician, and he is the wounded healer. The second step 
Vidaldo Nati pointed out was this daily contact with God by praying and making like, he said at least a half hour meditation, I invite you people to make the holy hour. To meditate, to meditate upon the word of God every day. To meditate upon the word of God every day. Then the third step for healing the third step for healing according to Father Aldenati would be for these wounded people to go out of themselves go out of themselves and seek means by which they could serve and help other people. So instead of caving in on themselves and having a pity party and giving into egotism, giving into self-love, throwing a pity party, as they say, to go out to go out of oneself and seek means by which you can serve and help others. That's what Isaiah mentioned. Several of the corporal works of mercy. And as we get close to Lent, which will be two weeks from today, as we get close to Lent, two weeks from today, the Ash Wednesday liturgy, the gospel, is taken from St. Matthew chapter 6. The Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount. in which the Lord offers to us three specific steps or practices to help us to be converted and to go deeper into our own our own healing. And those are prayer, penance, and almsgiving. Prayer, penance, almsgiving. Almsgiving would be another way of expressing corporal works of mercy. That's right. Prayer, penance, and almsgiving. Father Al Hall was able to compose a very simple acronym. Prayer, penance, and almsgiving. Go up, go in, 
go out. You like that? Go up, go in, go out. Go up through prayer. Go in through penance. Go out through almsgiving. Go up through prayer. Go in through penance, fasting. Go out by means of almsgiving. And as the great Saint John of the Cross, the mystical doctor of the church, has pointed out, has pointed out, on the, in the twilight of our life, we will be judged on love. That's right. In the twilight of our love, we'll be judged on love. In Spanish, in el ocaso de nuestra existencia, Seremos juzgados sobre el amor. So, my friends, reflect upon this topic today of Saint Josephine Baquita being brutally wounded by others physically. But she did not allow that to touch her heart and her soul. She basically lived out mercy, love, and forgiveness. What a great example she is to us. What a great example she is to us. Remember the words of Christ. I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. I was a foreigner and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and I was in prison and you came to visit me. When, Lord, did I see you hungry, thirsty, naked, a foreigner, in prison, and sick? And the Lord will say, Whenever you did it to the least of my brothers, then you did this to me. In the life of St. Therese Lucio, there's one miracle that is recorded in her life when she was living. And she was feeling, she was sick. 
You see the statue of the Blessed Mother that she cherished. She looked and she prayed to the Blessed Mother. And the Blessed Mother smiled at her and she was healed. So I pray that the Blessed Mother will, will smile at a upon all of you and give you healing of mind, body, heart, and soul. May all of us be wounded healers in a wounded and broken world. Amen. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.